Once again and welcome to another episode of Underbench Staples with Patrick, that's him. Hi. Hey, and this is Russell, that's me. Hi. Hi. Good evening. Good morning, or whenever you're listening. Uh, this is two guys from the other side of the world at MasterChef Australia reviewing episodes of MasterChef Australia several months after they are broadcast in Australia. And we've made it to episode 20. I get... 20 quid every time I say Australia so Perfect. that's why I said it six, three times there. so that's why. so we are a way through we are almost halfway through the competition really? because at episode 25 it'll be halfway through seriously? yeah is this only a 50 episode series? yes yeah. oh god what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> oh it feels have, like it only started like last week have evenings free like I don't know it only started like three, three weeks, weeks ago. ago feck I can't deal with that it's too quick I guess in Australia because it isn't uh, five in or, oh, it still is in weeks though isn't it yeah it's not over five days I guess I guess they have breaks we don't have breaks it's all in one go so, uh, as they call it, Sunday night, we call it Friday night. Uh, it's another week, another elimination day. Uh, it's the last day of Nostalgia Week. Uh, I liked Nostalgia Week as a theme. I think they should use it going forward. I think great so synergy, too. great um, ideas, great vibes. What a, so more of that next year, please. Quite liked as they walked in, the uh, backdrop had changed to an old lounge. I don't know if it added anything to it, but it just made it feel a bit more vintage, I guess, getting them in the mind frame. Is cheese nostalgic? Well, we'll get to that in a second. That's the thing I'm confused about. Like, this is the end of the week inspired by this theme. I don't get how cheese has anything to do with nostalgia. Well, if you put it on plates with little metal <laughs> toothpicks and doilies, I mean, it okay. can be very. As in, like it's you can you you can make it look really dated and stuff like that. And I guess if you think of in the last episode, I was talking about trolleys and you know walking and um, flambe trolleys and things like that. A cheese trolley, a cheese trolley. You clearly ate as well. I oh, know I'm completely fine with cheese trolley. Oh, okay, so it's not all trolleys. It isn't all things carved or cut table side. The cheese is the exception that you forgot to mention. I've no problem with a cheese trolley because a cheese trolley is a portable pick and mix machine that is on wheels that I get to go that, that and that. They tell me great choice and then wheel it away from me. A fish being cut in front of me after being baked and I'd like it to be plated up in the kitchen and I have to stand there looking at someone looking awkward while they do it. Not for me. Also, a trolley on a train. Love that. Quite into those. Airplane food trolley. Love those. Not all trolleys that discriminate against, but crepe ones, fish ones, steak ones. I wouldn't mind the ham one sometime. Where's that? Is it a dare? Yeah. Adair has a ham trolley. I'd like that. I'd like to experience that. Just to see if that's a trolley I would hate. I think that's fair, okay? So anyway, how is cheese nostalgic? I guess that's probably... It's not. It's it's not. Because then cheese can be hip and modern and raw and stuff like that as well. Um, so the episode started off. Uh, Grace isn't well. 
Um, I couldn't help but notice she wasn't fully herself in the last team challenge. She didn't seem to have the same vigour and energy, so maybe that's a, a knock-on from that, perhaps. Um, obviously, the near elimination... Um, was probably not great for her as yeah. well she didn't have a great experience with that yeah. so maybe that's been playing along hopefully she is well enough in the next episode to come back but she will be automatically cooking in the next elimination challenge Kath couldn't see the cheese she had to put her glasses on she did peak nostalgia love that energy bring that more of course Kath comes in and goes oh yeah I know all of these interiors and like oh yeah it's it's exactly aimed at me I love uh, I'm like oh god okay here we go um, so there's 11 of them there there is 31 cheeses on the table I believe or is it yeah 31 so that's a good two, two and a half rounds mm. five who get it wrong and the guessing of all of these cheeses uh, go through to the next round and everyone else is remaining safe it took three rounds before we had uh, anyone go through they knew quite a bit about cheese that you probably hadn't predicted maybe yeah um, we did really well and we didn't taste her just by luck alone just by luck alone um, I can see up on uh, the fireplace in front of us is our certs from the Academy of Cheese level one hard earned those eating yeah. a lot a lot of cheese yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a real thing exams yeah we did exams we have a certificate to prove it we have little badges that we can wear and it generally has helped inform our cheese habits knowledge and clearly watching it on television we're able to go oh, clearly that's that <laughs> How insufferable we In actually, our armchairs You should see me When I'm in like A Sheridan's Which is an Irish uh, Cheese shop And uh, I'm like Oh have you got anything With the summer milk Instead hmm. I'm insufferable now A thing I would love People to get in touch About is Can you give us An idea of like Cheese shops Cheese mongers Cheese counters In Australia are they as prominent as like obviously in Europe they're pretty much like every town has Mm. a kind of specialty cheese shop or a counter uh, especially if you're in the France's the Italy's Mm. the Spain's so anyway uh, after this challenge everyone goes to Coles and goes to the cheese counter (laughs) no that was the last episode so it's an interesting challenge yeah Um, we love these as a concept generally um, some interesting ones Declan went first <laughs> Declan who has a pin and picked his um, little uh, tag out of the bag last got number one also has a pin so it's fairly safe hilarious jammy uh, he goes for ricotta first gets it in no time at all a few of the other ones that are guests that are probably a little bit more um possibly a little bit more difficult so like Phil kind of exclusively went for blue cheeses Yeah, he originally went for Rockford then he went for Stilton uh, later on uh, this is where a man after my own heart his third guess he picked up one we looked at it and we both went I can see some salt crystals in there that's got to be Comte Phil guessed Comte and he was right so good man you also get a pin um Ralph was an interesting one because I think even though he 
got through two of the rounds. It was the third round that stumped him. Mm. He knew two cheeses very, very well and identified both of them. They weren't picked by anyone else, despite the fact they were probably quite obvious ones. Mm. I think him him and Rue are in the same boat here that they very much stuck to particular styles. Mm. He stuck to Italian. She stuck to the kind of creamier, spreadable cheeses. And actually, I guess... If you look back on their cooking over the shows, Ralph's is often inspired by a lot of Italian dishes, so yeah. passes and the likes of that, whereas Rue cooks a lot of desserts. So yep. cream cheese as mascarpone is going yep. to come uh, very, very natural to her. Um, Theo went for feta. Shock. Easy. Um... And there was a few. There was. A, I don't think there was anything especially difficult in there. I'm surprised. I don't think so either. I'm surprised it took so many people to uh, wait a while to identify Baby Bell. Mm. Um, I spotted that first and foremost <coughs> and went. They've put Baby Bell on the cheese board here. Respect. Um, I guess the difficult one was when Robbie guessed Halloumi. Yes. And it wasn't. Yes. Because that- it clearly had been a fried cheese. Yeah. And it clearly had that kind of structure. Mm. Um, I'll I'll throw in there Jarlsberg. Mm. As in, like, that's a cheese I would know. And to me, that's a bit old school. It's a bit early 2000s. But, like, it would be hard to find a Jarlsberg in our part of the world now, I think. Really? Yeah. When I used to stack the shelves in M&S, we used to sell... I worked at Marks and Spencer's for a couple of years and the cheeses that were always in slices, it was never in anything else but in slices, were Edam, Jarlsberg, Jarlsberg. Cheddar, Jarlsberg. There's a giant Jarlsberg. Um, cheddar, uh, sliced mozzarella, as in like, you know, the white slices of it. And Avarti. Havarti. Yeah. Who's that one? Exactly. No. It's a cheese. Is that like Greek? I think so. And like I worked in the town called Drogheda where the, stro- the accent's quite strong. So they used to call it Havarti. Like it's very amusing. Um, so it, it, I guess it's the kind of what it's kind of in the same group as maybe like a Dutch Gouda, you know, like a sandwich Gouda. It's probably more of like a sandwich cheese in that kind of way. Um, but it is quite a rare one and it's not one that you'd go... Oh yeah, Jarlsberg. It's, yeah. Ve- it's a bit unusual. Uh, everything else, I think, was really obvious. Um, I was kind of thinking it'd possibly be harder than that. Yeah, Ralph, I guess when Ralph went for the Gruyer, which his strategy was all wrong. He thought Gruyer has holes. Yeah. Um, and he picked up a creamy one, and it was actually Telegio. Yeah. I think that was probably one of the more difficult mm. ones that were there. Um, they didn't go through everything else, which is a bit of a shame. I guess a lot of those European soft, sorry, European hard cooked cheeses, mm. like an Edam Gouda, um, Gruyere Comte, they're probably the more difficult ones because they have very similar characteristics. Yeah. But are all very different. So then, in to round two, we had all the R's. Rue, Ralph, Robbie, Rhiannon, and Melissa. All the R's and an M. Can we add, can we make her name with an R? No. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. All the R's yeah. in the competition. And there's no R and cheese. 
No, that is the producers now. Yeah. That is the producers. That's the tin hat on me now. Um, yep. Unusually, <laughs> in round two, there wasn't any connection to the first round in the cheeses. Yeah, which I thought was a bit weird. We thought we were expecting a cheesy challenge. I was sure of it. Um, but it was still on nostalgia because cheese is nostalgic. <laughs> Okay. Uh, who are you convincing? Because you. I'm not convinced. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> Sorry, how, how on earth is cheese and nostalgia? We'll get to the end of this episode and we'll be like, bye, bye, see you later. And still say, like, is cheese nostalgic? Yeah. Um, round two was all about nostalgic dishes. I think you took note of the dishes I that did. were there. These are the 10 prawn cocktail, spaghetti bolognese, pavlova. Congee, moussaka, matzo ball soup, apricot chicken, curried sausages, bread and butter pudding, and trifle. Interesting. Um, the idea for round two for the four R's and an M was that you'd have 75 minutes to take one of those dishes and put your own spin on it. Um, which is an interesting challenge. Again, it doesn't connect back to the original task um, if you got, got this, this challenge. challenge I was like yeah um, if I got this challenge if I got this challenge I'd probably go for the bread and butter pudding and I'd do something as an interpretation of that mm. um, I'd possibly look at the curried sausage because I like sausage and I like curry so try and figure out something nice there. Yeah. yeah what about you thing in the, the prawn cocktail and I'd probably go toast skagen <gasps> vibes Kind of. What's that pro- for? So, Toastskagen is a Swedish Scandinavian dish of prawns in a kind of creamy sauce um, with herbs and great seasoning, and it's served usually on bread. Um, obviously, I think I would have to L elevate it a bit more beyond that but that's probably the starting point that I would go with um, or maybe something like interesting that all of them hadn't chosen the pavlova mm. because that to me feels and it's it's only a thing that I really really understood in this episode in an elimination cook you just have to survive mm. And I keep thinking that this is the kind of show that every time you're in the kitchen, you have to impress them. Mm -hmm. You have to offer them up a thing they haven't ever experienced. No, you just have to be not the worst. Yeah. So do something. Now, being not the worst, okay, is brief number one. Is doing something that you've done often in the kitchen not a bit of a problem because there's a couple of examples here there's quite a few examples yeah. there's actually quite a few examples here I think I'd say only two people went off piste yeah I think like see this is where you would think the challenge of cheese yeah it'd be a more appropriate challenge here because it'd probably push them outside their comfort zones because these are the ones who hadn't correctly identified specific cheeses. Mm. So then getting them to cook on cheese 
harder yeah, challenge. Yeah, I think so. And I actually would have preferred it. Like, yeah, you know, I you so get to pick at least one cheese and you have to celebrate it, um, feature it forward. <sighs> A lot of mac and cheese. <laughs> like, that would be my fear. Yeah. That would be my fear. Um, but in 75 minutes, there's a lot you can do. Um, shall we do a little whistle-stop tour of all the contestants? Yeah, I think um, a quick one. One note to say, Andy, uh, when they're doing the thing of what would each of them cook or do, uh, Jock said the prawn cocktail, make a bougie little one. Mel said congee. Mm. Um, and Andy said... The little, the, the little, said, the yeah. little rat bag. <laughs> My nan made the worst bread and butter pudding ever. And then that's the end. <laughs> and then basically it was like, so I just make one in memory of her, God bless her type of thing. To which I'm like, is anyone in his family able to cook except no. him? Because he's never said a good word about any of them. He's the anomaly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I also love calling him a rat bag. <laughs> a rat bag. Um, so let's go through the different contestants. Okay, Let's starting with Rhiannon. Yeah. The Osaka with chili sma- smashed in. Yeah, so it was a it was chili with the temperature turned up, bit of fire, bit of flame. To be fair, I'm really into it. I, we both love a Moussaka, but with a bit of spice in there, nice. I'm into it. It was it was over the top in the portioning it was generous it was hot mm. it was beautifully colored it had a gorgeous greek salad on the side the greek salad came in quite late into it because in the rounds of talking to them it was kind of like a bit of a okay and what else and what is there to it throwing the greek salad in kind of made kept the authenticity of the dish and it did something to compliment it didn't say much about it in the judging but the moussaka was you know absolutely perfect a very decent effort for 75 minutes yeah great tasty perfect interpretation of the brief and that is strong so going into the judging i genuinely had it was between melissa and rhiannon for the chop here yeah um rhiannon had a worry i guess it was i worried that her interpretation was a bit too simple very simple i thought that the putting your own twist on it was very very straight i mean her twist ended up being the accompanying greek salad really because and and chili like but like it, I get the impression that it hadn't been overly spiced because I don't think they commented on mm. spice in the tasting. Mm. So it was just a moussaka. Yeah. It, it it's not quite on brief. Yeah. If if I'm the judge, I'm like, it's good, mm. but I'd sew it though. I would smash it. It looked absolutely so perfect in that pot. Uniformly that golden. That layer, that layer on top. Yeah. It was like a a palette knife went over and just brushed the top Beautiful. of that perfectly. Oh my I'd God. argue in the tasting the dish of the day maybe I think so I think so Uh, I think so for sure there too how how about a sweet one we'll go with Rue next who did a kind of a deconstructed trifle Mm. as 
an Arctic roll, Swiss roll kind of jobby. And I get where she was going. She took mm. the thing because, like, often in um, trifles, there's often Swiss roll put into the glass yeah. to make, especially visually, it looks amazing. But decided to do it as an interpretation of a trifle, um, which I thought was quite clever. Um, taking the elements that you typically see in one and putting them into a Swiss roll as well as the Swiss roll itself Uh, gorgeous ice cream that ice cream of her she's very skilled at that she's very very good at that Um, we're also seeing she's very skilled at Swiss rolls because this is not the first time we've seen a Swiss roll from Rue and so here's the time to probably talk about repetitiveness those who are sticking very much to Um, their comfort zones yeah I think it was episode two um, when uh, Rue made a episode two or three where Rue made a Swiss roll Uh, I have notes here from it but I can't quite find them and it was a gorgeous attempt then and this is a gorgeous attempt now she's very skilled at it but I do I'm worried that it's a bit is this the thing you're going to do each time I will say the thing I said this that is, mm-hmm. this is just keep yourself here. Yeah, and and also I don't think she would have done a Swiss roll had a trifle not been on the table. Yeah, had a tri- uh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? As in, if if a trifle wasn't there, that inspiration would not have come along. However, if pasta had come along. You, you know other people w- even if pasta wasn't there I'd say some people would still interpret something as pasta because that seems to be the safe place that people go to I'd say she still would have done a dessert mm. um, probably done a miniature pavlova of some sort my worry about pavlova is the time it takes to dry it out and I don't know if that would have been a thing that could have been done in 75 minutes properly small unless ones. they were done small, small little ones. kisses yeah. or something yeah um well, props to her. Beautiful. Great. Really nice to see her calmly cooking as well. Yeah. She was really in control tonight. I need her to start to do savouries. I need to see versatility. Yeah. Um, it, it's all too sweet. And the sweet things are very home cooky. Yeah. I also would like to see her do some food from her heritage as I well. I would love to I would see love that. to see that. I think I'm so fast I hear about it here and here and there but again the briefs aren't necessary these were Australian classics yeah now actually on that are you did you venture to add no but I think that she there is other things that she could have applied her African yeah. heritage to in the options yeah because um, going on that Ralph brought up this point actually in his judging um they're both Zimbabwean, is that correct? Am I correct or I was thinking that in the episode I thought that a few episodes ago Ralph said about um being in South Africa for a bit. I I'm pretty sure he did mention Zimbabwean at some time. Happy to be corrected yeah. on that. But it is a very, very good point that the dishes that were there were very representative of Australian, um, Southeast Asian uh, there was Jewish cookery there as well with like the chicken and matzo balls mm. Italian Italian you're not seeing you, uh, we're not seeing any like African style cooking so there was no. possibly nothing except the trifle because of the family story that he could associate himself with in terms mm. of that nostalgia and that's a very very valid point that uh, we've not really seen an awful lot of African cookery 
in MasterChef Australia and we've seen so much yeah. of so many other parts of the world so this is a huge opportunity for us as viewers to be learning yeah. about it um, but also for the producers and the judges and everything like that to learn more about it too and have the ingredients that yeah. could be added in yeah so I just thought he made that point and I was really proud of him for making that point in front of them but he still did such a bang up job oh okay straight on yeah. to Ralph now because his trifle was absolutely stunning everything about it the banana custard sorry you putting the bananas and then melting them into the custard like perfection already Jock's comment was so fascinating because I don't uh, um, Ralph's point about it was that he just enjoyed eating bananas as a child and then Jock went to another um, kind of era of that and going it's like banana puree that you eat as a baby it's pure nostalgia yeah I bet that tasted of banana angel delight I was thinking exactly the same I bet it did yeah aerated yeah just that sweet hint of like Mm. tropicalness Mm. I love it he also did a date cake cream and candied oranges yes candied oranges there was a bit of worry about the freshness element that was in Mm. there but he got some candied oranges and they were stunningly plated spot on gorgeous really really great to see him do this uh, type of dish and getting such praise for it really really happy for Ralph Uh, have we gone through almost all the R's we have an R and an M one R left so let's go on to Robbie who took his time in the pantry as as I think I would too because you see on these challenges the contestants just fly off and it's almost instantly that they have this complete idea in their heads of like yes I'm going to make exactly this and he's just strutting around he's just laughing to himself humming my, my favourite thing is when they do the wide thing after say okay cook type of thing and you just see people and it's like someone's in control of them on like The Sims or something and it's like walk here no 360 this way and they don't know actually they don't even know what they're doing themselves I love that when the questions were asked I'm like where is Robbie he comes out whistling away and he's like just watch the king of flavours <laughs> I love Brilliant. him um, so he decided to go on the curry sausage um, thing uh, Aussie curry sausage not heard of before for us but I'm going to be googling it after this because I'm really or intrigued by it educate us if yeah. you're listening please yeah I'd love to know because um, curry sausage all I'm thinking is curry versed from from uh, like Germany and Austria and stuff that's like that that's probably the place it yeah. comes from yeah so I'm really interested but I love that he said he's going to do um, a, a Robbie uh, interpretation of it with some Asian flavours as it should taste quote unquote um, but this is where the worries started to come in it was when his bestie Declan said in an off camera bit it's a safe option but is it the right option? He was playing to his strengths. He said at the beginning of the challenge that he's been comfortable in the blacks before, so he knows Mm. kind of the thing to do. I think it was a smart option, I'm going to say. I think him also adding on the steamed rice and the kind of... the. 
coconut curry possibly is too alike to other things he could have kind of gone down which a is what tomato curry and mm. or like something because Jock made the point that this is just a trademark Robbie Curry and he was joking away and Jock was like you can't even keep a straight face it is but like I'd say the judges would be more than happy to have his iconic food every week but I do think they were steering him I don't think he was correct in choosing to go on to the prawn cocktail. I'm in two minds about it. Um, I would have been annoyed in the same way if he had just presented the same curry that he normally does with fish. Yes. With sausage this time. As good as it might be. I would love if he decided to maybe, yeah, go down maybe a tomato-based curry instead just to show a bit of versatility and, and a bit of a point of difference. Um... Because that's one thing, in 20 episodes, there has been a repetitiveness. Even though, as a person, he's great and he's so much joy to watch on screen, there is this kind of thing of, okay, are we are we resting on safe here? When it comes to the prawn cocktail, he had, what, 20 minutes to go? I think he had, like, 10. No, completely unflappable. I can do it. It's fine. And he decided to make a mayo from scratch, adding in elements from the curry that he had, which is genius. Exactly the thing I would do. Absolutely genius, because I was worried about, he's just making a prawn cocktail. Like, what what else is there going on here? But he did add a Robbie twist to it. It was an interpretation of it. So very much tick on brief. Hmm. The thing about Robbie is, I think the judges had gotten to a point of like, we need to see some technique here yeah and that means you can do pastry you can do pasta you can do bread he got in this flux of like always sticking to fish or curry when in black or duck yeah when in black apron especially I think like in general he hasn't ever properly strayed away yeah and at the times he has he hasn't performed great so they were probably trying to task Mm. him here now this is me eating my words from episode one is not having the auditions visualised at least a problem because if there was auditions what would his dish have been and would we would they have said we've just seen your audition dish potentially they can have the auditions all they want I won't be watching those yeah I know I hate them so in a way to answer your query I think they should Mm. but I'm gonna skip over them because I haven't got any interest in investing in those who then crash out Um, secondly on that point as well we've not really seen Every challenge has been very prescribed, very themed, very based on a chef, an ingredient, or whatever. Is it time to maybe throw in a free week, a free day, where it's any... Well, they kind of did have an anything you want. I think that's coming up. I hope so. All of next week. I hope so. I just would like a free day of doing something because there's a handful of people and we've already said about like um, Rue and uh, Ralph we haven't seen their type of food because the briefs have been very 
tailored towards other cuisines and different things so I'm really intrigued to see some more maybe and I think However, Robbie would have to a certain degree had a, had opportunities there was the, the tech there was the challenge with the um, equipment and he was like I've never used a juicer before in my life mm. type of thing like adv- disadvantage now he slayed it but mm. it was still a disadvantage yeah agree I wonder I wonder if there's something to be said for a free week just for us all to learn a bit more yeah. and actually uh, we joked about the master classes in this episode or the last episode no the last episode because of the flambéing um, where have they gone they were great opportunities to be able to learn from people because this is a smaller series mm. I wonder if they're an element that got cut yeah maybe maybe because those would have made a 90 minute episode nearly two hours or mm. something like that and yeah it was a lot more so then we go to Melissa who shock horror chose the spike ball but her dish was the dish I was the most excited about because if you're gonna interpret that this was the way to do it put it in a ravioli the same same but different yeah I liked it I liked it too the Um, pesto on the side thing kind of threw me because I thought okay so you're kind of turning it inside out yeah and I expected her to serve a creamy sauce over Mm. it so then as you slice into it you're still getting the kind of spag ball thing yeah except on a whole other style what the pesto threw me yeah I thought the pesto was a bit odd because I'd not have a pesto with a spag ball myself Um, so um, Melissa's first rodeo in ravioli land uh, episode that uh, just tripped off the tongue there uh, episode 3 there was a ravioli Um, there was linguine in episode 4 let's keep going through a chicken sandwich and other something. Yes, yeah, so it's been a few. There's been a few pasta dishes, as we've mm-hmm. said, but especially a, a ravioli. I I knew she had done a ravioli before. It was a good one. I had it as a pasta dish, which meant I would like, possibly would eat it, but I wouldn't be selecting it off the menu. Is what I said, if I remember yeah. correctly. It did seem a bit safe, a bit obvious. Really, not not doing the ravioli, but doing choosing that dish yeah like comfort zone thing again devil's number one on one shoulder being like oh survive the other one being like show off also think about the timing here 75 minutes these dishes are all in front of you and there's almost all of them are kind of those like slow cooked like ovened things like the prawn cocktail stands out as a instant yeah easy Mm. And in these challenges that you are trying to save yourself, you've got to think about time. And a slow-cooked bolognese is going to take time to get that flavour. You know, all things to consider. Unfortunately, in creating them, they stuck to the bench because of the hot filling. Yeah, it seemed that way. No No matter how much flour was on the bench the hot filling was heating it up and sticking it to it which was a real shame because the shapes looked great the filling looked beautiful like I'm thinking about it and drooling because it sounds so so up my street like a nice little bite sized amount of bolognese perfect real shame real shame that it didn't work out could you have done her rescue though I think 
Clever. Clever. But what? You're then turning around. It's it, it, you're then turning around and thinking about what's what's the interpretation. Spaghetti bolognese becomes spaghetti fettuccine. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That's the interpretation with a bit of pesto on the side. It's not really a huge twist on it. Now, Melissa and Robbie both are in the bottom two, so to speak. Um, Interestingly, both are the contestants that pivoted. Mm. Both made changes. Both had difficulties. Both made changes very last minute in some cases. Um. I think Robbie could have put up his dish. Uh, evidently, Melissa couldn't have. Yeah. Do you think of a different outcome? Had they have had success? Melissa was never going to have success no. with this, unfortunately. I was just thinking there. Could you cut the pasta that she had spare and fry it? In a pan Or deep Deep fry it I was thinking the same To kind of do, do like, like Deep fried lasagna nog type of the vibe No Just the Past sheets in either like squares or Triangles Kind of like as I, Pasta chips Possibly but I think I When I was looking at her pasta I couldn't help but think it looked a little bit Like it wasn't sealing either it wasn't just yeah. that it wasn't just that it was not sealing I think there was something wrong and they mentioned when judging there was something amiss with the structure of the pasta which seems to be the thing that if you cook pasta in this in an elimination like how many people have now been eliminated on pasta um, definitely two and they are two of Italian heritage like yeah. Everybody thinks that it's yeah, pasta I'll becoming just new. like throw out some pasta and they'll really, yep. really mm. uh, be excited. Yeah, not so. Well, is it not? Is it not the same? With, um, remember, the death dish used to be the uh, risotto. Yeah, is pasta now becoming that? Because that seems to be the thing that's kicking people out. Yeah. So then it came down mm. to the bottom two. Robbie. V Melissa. Yeah. They both had issues. They both pivoted. They both were judged, I'd say, the same. Yeah. But it, it was all flavor. came down to flavour at yeah. the end of the day. Which just shows the detail that they go in. And despite it not being cooked for long enough, or, you know, the length it should be, the bolognese had a better flavour. And so that meant Melissa was safe and Robbie goes home. Tears on two. Even though I had a little like, heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreak. We only mentioned a few days ago um, that the episode where, where if Robbie doesn't succeed in it will be sad to watch and it was. Yeah. He's so loved by so many of the contestants even before the judges said a word Jock was like Declan do you want to say anything? Yeah. Um, and like he was very sweet he said like he's a mentor for everyone you can see everyone in unison nodding and sobbing at the same time it'll be tough not having you here and then Robbie was like <laughs> in a very Robbie style I'll bring it to the bush and teach you how to cook in real life <laughs> Which I'm like, please do as a masterclass because that would be so amazing oh, to watch. Amazing. Um, I think he's going to be a huge loss in the kitchen. I liked his calming presence, um, especially for the likes of Declan in particular. I think they had a great bond and there was, 
it was nice to see that it kind of for all of his kind of fun and erratic and you know jokiness he kind of kept him grounded a little bit mm. and then the likes of Kath and Rhiannon really had a lot of time for him too so I think they're going to miss him as well real loss real loss so yeah sad, sad. but I, do you his, think it was right his time came do you think yes in this challenge Yes, mm. I think so. Okay, I think so. Okay, I think the correct two had ended up in the bottom two. I think both of them had an equal chance of leaving. Yeah, obviously, obviously. they judged on flavor, but I would say that in terms of a pivot, one was out of necessity, and one was out of. Uh, I want to say gumption invention invention and I'd say the necessity one for me I, like I love Melissa I really like her in this competition but I'm just kind of like yours was because you had no other choice it was that or you wouldn't put anything on the plate Robbie would have had something on a plate regardless yeah and I kind of think I don't know if that's that but ultimately Flavor Flavor wins and Flavor should always win but really they were judging her ball nays against his curry mayo yeah because he screwed up the prawns and yeah. she screwed up the pasta yeah so take those out of the equation you were having taste. to judge a sauce against a sauce and they did say that the mayo needed a crack of black pepper and it would have brought it all together like something so simple like that so and I think it had also been quite thin yeah 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 so that kind of spoils the yeah. style of that dish okay so we go into another week from Monday and the preview left me a bit perplexed. I know they explain exactly what it is, but I'm still perplexed. A team of chefs each day from different parts of Australia, some of the best restaurants in Australia, will come in for a culinary smackdown, a almost daily beat the chef style challenge. Huh? They had this challenge before. Uh, I don't know if it's my favourite challenge. Especially on the back of Nostalgia Week, which I've really loved. I'm not sure if a lot of outsiders coming in mm. is, 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 is my vibe. But I'm open-minded. I'll see how it goes. I think this is probably the point in the competition where they're starting to kind of encourage the contestants to start to think as chefs and yeah. to play as chefs and to be clean as a chef is and think of ingredients how they do so I think this is probably coming at the right time the outside influence do you think Nostalgia Week is possibly been used as the last opportunity to wean you away from home cooking I think so yeah this is like you've had your you know you've had the Jamie Oliver challenges you've had um, what's the week before last (laughs) big week big week and now you have nostalgia. All fun. All playful. We're about halfway through the series. We've got to get a little bit serious. Yeah. So stop with the home cook and stop with the safeness. 
I think like yeah. interpret the home cooking in a chefy way. Yeah, yeah, and a few of them have, yeah. and a few of them are doing it, so it's interesting to see. Anyway. Yeah. Let's wrap it up for this week. Thank you so much for your ears all throughout the week and uh, your minds as well. Ears and minds have to work together for these podcasts. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with another new episode for a new week of MasterChef. I was going to say Celebrity MasterChef, but that, no. that shite is still on BBC no, One. thank you. It's ending next week. Uh, great. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. Free up the schedule for nothingness. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Professionals comes back soon. Yeah. Love that. But it isn't Anna Hall. Hang on, what? No. Hang on, what? Monica's back. It it always, always was only a year off. Hang on, this is news to me, really? Anna's gone, yeah. Why? Because it's Monica's gig. Yeah, but Monica left. For a year. Oh my God, I'm actually really annoyed. I love Monica, but I love Anna more. Yeah. Shame. Well, just pissing on my chips there. Thank you for that. All right, well, that's a lovely end to the week. I'm just going to cry all weekend and look at pictures of Anna Haw and just sob into them now. Oh, what a shame. Anyway, until next week. Until next week, have a lovely weekend and bye 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 bye.